podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Matt Lenehan Boxing Social in association with Empire Fight Store and Forged Irish Stout. Delighted to be joined by Dave Caldwell. Dave, I'm fresh off a plane. I'm, I'm really struggling, but I'm... Uh, <laughs> please don't be too harsh on me. Um, but look, always a pleasure to catch up with you. You've got Ebony Bridges on this card. She's had itchy knuckles for the past year. I've been speaking to her and she's like, Matt, I just want to fight. She's getting her opportunity now. Not the original opponent that she planned for. Uh, former world champion now in Yoshida, who's coming in here. And just talk to me about this process with Ebony. You've had her in the gym now for a long time, sort of refining these skills and getting her to change little bits. But how excited are you going to finally get that opportunity now to see what she does under the lights? It's, it's been a long time coming. Um, she, she had a date originally... Um, I don't know if it was the AJ bill or it was around that. Um, can't remember. It's that far, that far ago now, long ago now. Um, and then she had a bit of an injury, so we're missing two weeks training, coming up to a fight. Two weeks training, sparring. It was too much, so we delayed it. And then this is, you know, this is what to wait as a turn. And now she's got it. She's she's just got to not be too eager. I'm trying to keep it as relaxed as possible because she's been out for a long long time she feels like she's got to get in there and, and get back amongst it and obviously people speak and she gets a lot of criticism and stuff like that so there's always that that's, that's in there as well and I just needed to just to chill and to go in and focus on doing a job and that's it because these last minute substitutes are always you know they're always a little bit tricky but this is about the false substitute we've had it's not just a straightforward oh Matthew's out, got this one in. No, we've, we've said yes to, you know, this is like, the, I think, genuinely, I think this is the fourth one that we've said yes to since Matthew pulled out, um, including a mandatory. It's not like she's just gone for an easy, easy touch straight away, you know, it's like, okay, the mandatory was straight away the initial um, substitute that we, you know, we were up for. Get the mandatory out where it was 11 and 0, nine stoppages, you know, a dangerous fighter. Um, but after accepting it, she's now gone a, a different way. I think she got a shot at Dina Thorsland, I think it is. So, uh, understandable, uh, a shot at two belts. Um, so then, obviously, that left us with finding somebody else. And eventually, it settled on, on Yoshida, and she's a former two-time world champion. Um, she's tough. She's persistent. She's, you know, very, very, you know, very, very focused and driven on this. It was a bit of a... I think it was a bit of a, a shock... A last performance, um, but listen to people, talk to people that that know, actually know Yoshida, and you know, um, they were saying how they think it was a little bit of complacency because they'd seen that Metcalf and thought she's nothing, and you go in with that sort of attitude, and then you can come unstuck. So we are where we are, and um, Ebony's got to take her seriously. She can't now do the same thing that Yoshida did in her last fight. There's a couple of bits I want to pick up on that. Um, the first bit is with the amount of changes, and Ebony's has hinted to me before. Look, might not be what's what's supposed to happen here, and you you train for one style, then another, and you get to the point where it's just like, look, she needs to fight. It's been that long. How frustrating has it been for you as a trainer, but also seeing her as a fighter who's putting in the work, and it's getting to that point because with these dropouts, we've seen it before when it gets closer and closer. You're training, and then it's just fight off. So she's having to deal with that. You're having to deal with that. How frustrating has that been? More for her than me because obviously she's a fighter, but I've seen this sort of shit happen over and over and I'm trying to explain to her, don't worry, this, 
I've had it before. Um, it's part of the game. It's not a great part of the game, but it's part of the game. But you just got to stay focused and stay, um, you know, keep your mind on what you're supposed to do. And it's like I, I, I try and put across to her. Um, if you can't control it, don't worry about it. There's nothing you can do about it. You stressing about it ain't going to help you. You know, it's not going to resolve the situation. So it's kind of like been trying to put that mentality into her. Um, and you know, she's done a great job. She's she's continuing to work hard in the gym. And um, yeah, we're here. So that, that's you know, like I said to her, you know, it will get sorted. We will end up fighting. Don't worry. My second part was knowing how she fights and that she's got that I would say that sort of inner dog in her that if it does get down to it she'll happily stand in the phone box and have it and you as a trainer it's one of them where you know she's got it but it's like look we don't have to see that from round one You, you, we know we know if you need to call on it call on it um, how much of a challenge is that for you trying to almost um, not save it for myself but make sure that that is stored for when needed and not first protocol let's just have it kind of thing because it's hard to get out of somebody when you've got it but being honest and if I'm going to work with somebody I'm going to be honest with it Um, the things that you do at a no disrespect but at a lower level doesn't always mean that it's going to work at a higher level she wants going to unification she wants going to see you know the big fights you can't just walk forward with your face take a million shots to land some shots and throw a million punches where maybe the quality of them isn't always there and if you land that quality then the power you know tends to have an effect because when you're boxing at a top level whether it's male or female um, they don't just fall over and they don't just get intimidated by power so you have to have something a little bit different and if you continue just to walk forward and take punches on your way in especially as we get older, that has a shelf life, you know? Um, so I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to turn her into Hopi Price, or <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? I'm not trying to turn her into a, a slick boxer. I just would like her to understand that it's perfectly all right, not to have your face smashed up on the way in, and to be smarter in your choices of punches you throw when you throw and still go out there and knock them out still want the knockout I still want to do that And but the thing is this you, you said it yourself so what I've been saying to her is you have always got that in you where if I say to you after you know a couple of rounds or whatever whatever it is listen I need to go to war and chew her up she'll be happily to be able to within herself to be able to go and do that it's not a problem so she's got that in locker just because somebody's got it in a locker it doesn't have to be like you said it doesn't have to be go to in round one because my eye as well is when she fights people like Dorsland and, and you know people like that and, and uh, Nina she's got to be a little bit smart she can't just you know be predictable 100% well look it's been a it's been a good progressive year for your gym obviously I've been going to get her out before the end of the year uh, Stephen Cairns a guy who's here um, I always love watching him fight um, so he put some really good highlights of himself and his uh, his victories he's, he's yeah I was looking at him the other day and some of the numbers on him are ridiculous for for, for some of the bits that he's put but he's um, 21 years of age I believe um, coming along 
really well. You've obviously got Hoppy Price in the gym who's firing amongst others as well. You must be, as a trainer at this point, very pleased. Yeah, I love what I do. I'm very, very lucky to do something in this life where I never get up in the morning and go, fucking hell, I've got to go to work. Never. Um, And the development I see in the gym is brilliant. We've had a great year of development, um, fights, sparring, just training. Like Stephen coming out here, spending a week in Vegas, he's 21 years old. He was out in LA in May, getting top top quality sparring in a wild card, in Manny Robles gym, you know, in the um, uh, Churchill's. Come over here, Vegas now, getting great sparring at Salas's gym. Ishmael Salas has really looked after us, you know, I get him with him really well and you know, he took us under the wing. That was our base there and now whenever I go to Vegas that's gonna be my, my base. Love the vibe of the gyms. But he's been sparring world champions, top top prospects from my ear. Great experience, you know, and today I've took him along and he's gone and, and had a training session at Virgil Hunter's gym, you know, the gym that where Andre Ward's been training, you know. So, you know, we bumped into Boatsy as well. It's good to see him um, good to see him training and working really, really hard. But, you know, these sort of experiences at 21 years old to do something to fighters, you know? I was just about to say, when you talk about seasoning, we often see fighters, and it's not just going in and getting the fights done, but it's about, um, are you comfortable with these bright lights? Like, this is a big fight week. Like, this main event for me is hands down. Like, I think it's sort of been the theme for boxing this year. We've had many a year where we've been like... Are we going to see certain fights? And this year, I feel like we've seen one, two, three, four, five, six fights where you go, let's do it. Um, let's just, um, before we talk about boxing as a whole for the year, because I want to do sort of like a little bit of a review of it. Um, not a current fight, but John and Gil, and I touch on this, I know you've done a few interviews, but I know it means a lot to you. Forget the fight for a minute, the post fight interview. We'll come on to the fight, but I want to talk about the aftermath because John went into that as an underdog people talking about what's coming after for, for obviously Michael but he was there all week and he said look come in here do a job do my business he went in and in all fairness he went and did the business and he looked as good as I've seen him for the last three four years maybe the extra four pounds in weight I mean he's been saying look I mean he looked huge he got into the ring and I was like Jesus he, he's, he looks about 156 160 pounds but he said after the fight look God, this is what I've been through. And for you to hear that, and then to see him obviously get the reward of a victory, and let's be honest, in Belfast where the atmosphere is hostile, and he rose to the occasion. So just talk me through how sort of proud you are of him. I'm, I'm massively proud of him. You know, he's just you know, he's got what he deserves. You know, he, I've always said he's a phenomenal talent. He's a brilliant, brilliant talent. You know, he speaks to Tony Bellew, what Bellew saw in the gym with him. You know, Bellew absolutely loves him. It's just about his mind being right and, you know, believing in himself. And we, you know, I said when he was coming out to fight, before this fight, I thought, well, you know, if he doesn't want, if he doesn't, like, put too much importance on the fight itself, then he'll just flow. And if he flows, I didn't have a problem with being. And, and I knew when he walked out, looking at his demeanour, looking at how he just soaked up the occasion, soaked up the ring wall, that was a big thing. I knew then, and I said to Stephen, I said, he's going to smash him. I knew he was going to do it, and, and they did. And I'm just, I'm just so proud of him, I'm so pleased for him. It wasn't just um, a fight where this changed his career. This is um, 
one for his life in general. We talk obviously about the accolades, the world titles, the this, that and the other, but ultimately um, money still plays a huge part and this unlocks now a door where if not a world title fight, it's a frigging big fight. Um, and you must, what would you like to see for him next to someone who's obviously cared for him? And I just want him to, to secure his future. I don't, you know, he's, he's in a better place now. He's, he's got his foundation, and he's, he can see, he's got things that are lined up that are going to look after him, and he'll be all right. I, but I don't want him to be all right. I want him to have a wicked life. I want him to be able to, you know, choose what what he wants to do with his days. Be able to go on holiday whenever he wants to. He deserves that because he's given a lot to boxing. He sacrificed a lot for his family and being away from his family for ten years. You know. Um, seeing him for a day and a half, we'd we'd say in the gym, it, it literally it's, it's easy to miss this for a day and a half. That, that you know, and and it's good, it's all right when things are going well, but then when nobody's giving you an opportunity, then it gets really really hard, and then it's then it's tough. Um, and so I just you know I I just want Eddie and Frank just to deliver, you know, and just just to get him something where he's going to make shitloads of money and then if it's a world title he gets a world title crack and I'd, I'd be the biggest fanboy ever if he become world champion I was going to say what well, we know what it meant to you the other night but if he gets an opportunity a world title and even better if in your eyes obviously if he took it I mean what a what a sort of 360 from a life perspective yeah 100% that's you know that's the, that's the dream of every fighter. Um, it's always a better story when it looks like you're not going to make it and you do. Look at George Groves. Three George, goals, George Groves, I think I think it was fourth go. I think it might be his third. It might be his third go. Um, yeah, it was his third. Three or four. I don't I don't want to add another one onto it for him. But Froch, Badu Jack, someone else. But yeah. Yeah, but it was third third go or whatever. But but it was like. You know, he looked like that guy that was going to be that nearly man, and he didn't come through. I always, I always said to Jordan, you know, he, he's, he looked to he's still, he's still young. You know, he's, he's not, he's, he's not an old man. And I've always thought, he, in his thirties, that's when it's going to, going to click. You know, new weight as well. And I, yeah, hundred percent, new, new weight. That's, gonna, that's, that's made a big difference. It has made. I've spoke. Do you know what the nicest thing is? Um, Five o'clock UK time. Um, I was in Vegas, but five o'clock UK time on the night of the fight, FaceTime me. Oh wow! And that that just that just met it. Do you know what I mean? Says a lot, doesn't it? When these little touches. Um, sort of moving on to this year review that we're going to be doing. Um, I just want to speak about boxing as a whole this year, and we mentioned touching it a little bit before. I've seen some huge fights this year, whether it be Javante Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia, yeah. Spence Crawford. Um, Tia, I'll go say Tia Fimo, Josh Taylor, yeah. this Lomachenko Haney. This fight coming up this weekend in Regis Progre, um, and Devin Haney. We're seeing obviously Wilder and Joshua on obviously in separate fights, but on a big card. In terms of boxing this year, as not just trainer but as a fan of the sport, someone who will watch the big fights, how pleasing has it been for finally? I feel like we've almost pulled his finger out a bit and started making these fights. It's needed. It's, needed. it's, it's funny because. Um, People still go on about oh boxing this boxing that. The, the only the only thing is the heavyweight division has been lagging behind because that's a flagship. People have kind of like forgotten, not not fans that know the sport inside out, but but 
event fans, they're kind of like, oh, boxing shit, not a, not a big fight is happening. Maybe not in the heavyweight division, but in the other divisions, yeah, they have. It's been flying. And that's why what irritates me sometimes about the heavyweight division is that, yes, it's a flagship, but don't judge boxing on the heavyweight division. Because like you said, some of the fights that you've mentioned there have been absolute like game changers. They've been brilliant, amazing fights. Names versus names, fights that you want to see. They've all been happening and they've been delivering. And it's been a great year for the sport. It's just that people still like to moan. And people still, yeah, but this, yeah, but. Just focus. If we want to promote the sport, let's dwell a little bit more on the stuff that's happened that's good. And this year has been outstanding. Absolutely, and obviously we've got them two heavyweight fights, Otto Welling, Joshua, um, Deontay Wilder, Joseph Parker. I don't think I've touched on this with you yet, but I think just coming on to the Wilder-Parker one, Parker, I think, against Simon Keane, that's the one, um, produced a really good performance, looked sharp. I sort of feel like he's had the moments with Andy Lee where we've seen a little bit more of him, not as reserved, and he's let his hands go and he's, and he's using certain angles. Against Wilder, who's had half around in 18 months after the Fury defeats is there a chance that we see an upset on this I know Wilder's that power but how do you see that fight going we, we genuinely don't know what Wilder's got left because of the three fights he had with Fury like you said he's had half a round um, but he might get half a round with Parker as well it's just, it just if that right hand lands I don't care who you are that right hand lands it puts you to sleep you know so you just don't know with someone like him in his previous incarnation as such, I see this as a new chapter in his career because I've been watching the work he's been doing with Malik Scott. I'm very, very interested to see how that transfers into ring. I know he's had a fight, two fights with Malik, but the longer you're with the coach, the more you start to see that identity. And it looks really good on the pads. It looks really good in, in training. It looks like he's got mobility. It looks like his, his lead and so much better. He's not just a one-shot man. So... I'm interested to see how that actually goes into a, an actual fight with a good fighter. And Joseph Park is a good fighter. Um, I think Park is very much a, a confidence, a confidence fighter. I think if I think also during the fight, because I felt as though it was Andy Lee that kept him in the fight with Derek. There were moments in that fight where it looked like Derek was gonna, you know, turn the first around. One. Yeah, uh, no, the second oh, one. Oh, the second one. Yeah, there's moments in that fight when you're up close and you see Parker's mannerism where it looks like, you know, Derek can still turn this around. But then Andy Lee, he's got this grip on his mentality and then he, because he's so much more improved now, technically, but I just feel as though the, the big thing with Parker is his is mentality. Um, how's that mentality going to hold up when he's in with Deontay Wilder, um, who is still... You know, as far as heavyweight division is is right up there as most you know most intimidating. Might not be the best all round in terms of a lights out punch. In terms of lights out puncher, you cannot you cannot switch off for one second. The other side of that, Joshua Otto Wallin, um, an interesting one. Otto's been sort of banging on the door for that, and it's one of them with Anthony Joshua. I suppose we don't we don't sometimes we go into it now not really knowing. I think whereas when you look at the first however many fights, 10, 15, we think. He'll box his way into it, and then it'll be bang, 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 and he'll start letting the hands go. Whereas now we see a little bit reserved, a little bit cautious, but then when it does land against Hellenius at some point, it goes off. But we're always like, what we're we gonna see. So 
potential banana skin if he's not switched on and Otto Allen's there but an interesting fight to say the least it's an interesting fight and the thing is though you've got to Anthony Joshua's a former two time heavyweight champion of the world look at the resume look at who he's fought look at who he's beat he's beaten a lot of a lot of fighters are a lot better than Otto Wally the only reason why we're questioning this is because we don't know what's going on in AJ's mental makeup some people oh he's changed trainers again he's changed Maybe, maybe change trainers because he didn't feel comfortable with that. I, I feel as though fighters have got to be comfortable with the coaches. I'm not an advocate for changing trainers all the time, but if if the trainer can't get out the the best out of the fighter, it's not the perfect fit. And if AJ doesn't feel this way, oh, it's, it was short notice and all that sort of stuff, and we'll go back after it. Really, I, I, he's, he's with Ben Davidson now, and and that's that's that. And so, the the longer that that, that relationship evolves, the better it'll be for him, because he'll be more comfortable. And I think I think AJ is a fight that that, that kind of like needs to be comfortable. Um, so, it could be the best, you know, matchup in the world. It could be the worst. I don't know. But I think that the only reason why we're questioning about Wallen is because we don't know about AJ. But if he goes out there with his mindset on, you know, remembering who he is, who he's beaten, who he shared that ring with, and how he's beaten him, it beats Wallen. Final one from me, Ryan Garcia. Um, forget the performance for a minute because he went out there and did what he had to do, but it's very rare that you see a press conference where a promoter comes out. I know. Two of them as well, Della Hoyer and Bernard both got I'm put on blast. And... Um, I think Bernard made this speech and he'd yeah. said stuff in the build-up and Ryan, Ryan, as clear as day, went and just said, actually, I'm going to have to get this off my chest. Um, it's very awkward. It's so awkward. But it goes back a long time. I mean, I, I remember when Garcia, before he, be, before he became huge, when he was coming through as that big prospect, I remember him slagging off Golden Boy then. He's always been at it. He's always been at it. Um, I, I, I like Garcia, me. I, I, I don't mind him. Um, he's a character. He sells. He's, he's very marketable. I think the sport needs people like that. Um, but this whole thing with with Golden Boy is cringy as fuck. Yeah. I mean, to Oscar didn't even style it out when he stood behind him and goes, "Yeah, he's going," and he's like, it's like it's that. And I'm thinking, you're you're in full view. Just hold your hands there and just style it out. Just just don't don't look like your head's yeah. gonna like pop off. But it was crazy. It really was. Instead, what, what what blew my mind even more is, and look, I'm not professed to be any mental health expert, but Ryan Garcia seemed to know exactly what he was saying, quite clearly knew what he was directing at when he said, look, Bernard, you can say this, this and this, because I've said this. And then and a few hours later, Oscar's on Twitter going, oh, don't, talking that he might not be in the right set, man. I just thought, how can, how, how is how is how is this even happening? Yeah, but, you know, if, so, so when I read that, I thought it was when I thought, so, all right, you're coming out with that. You're his promoter who's going to put him into that fight. If you're thinking, thinking that he's, he's right. he, if you're th- if you're worried about his mental health and his state of mind, why are you allowing that fight to go? I bet you're not that worried where you're going to pull the fight. Yeah. So it's like if you're going to come out with stuff like that, you've kind of got to be a little bit smart because you. you so basically, you're saying. I'm a promoter that knows that you're mentally unstable, but I'm going to put you in fight anyway because I'm not going to lose no money. Is that what you're saying, Oscar? Really? 
that was not, that was not a good look. The whole situation, I'm not saying Garcia is right, I'm not saying, but I'm saying that situation, if you're going to put that tweet out like that, that's really bad. That's, you know, I agree. Right, for 2025, 20, oh, oh my God, <laughs> for 2024, oh my God, it's killing me. You know what, we're here, and I'm on it. So 2024, next year, in boxing, what do you want to see in terms of fights? We've seen a lot this year. We're going to see Touchwood, Fury Six signed, done, February, whatever. What do you want to see, fight-wise? Any fight. I think I've asked you before, but like the landscape keeps changing all the time with fights and people winning, losing and whatever. But what do you want to see next year? I'd like to see, on a smaller level, I'd like to see our light heavyweights all fight each other. Yard and Boatze. Yeah, Yard, Boatze, you know, it's just a, it's a great division that needs cleaning up. Um, Callum Smith involved as well. As well. Um, I actually think Callum Smith's going to beat Bert BF. I'm got, because one of my on. one of my picks for that. What reason why I'm saying it is because one of my picks for that for next year is I want to see Bert BF versus Bivol. But I think Callum Smith now he's got that fight. Callum Smith beats Bert BF. I, I believe so. I don't think we're going to see Bert BF versus Bivol. So I want to see, our, including like Callum Smith, all our light heavyweights fight each other. That's on a small level. I want to see um, uh, what do I want to see? Javante Davis back. I want to, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, Davis is a fighter I'm excited by um, because he's got that intimidation, that knockout factor that like a Mike Tyson had, not quite, but a smaller version of Mike Tyson. Um, so I want to see what division he's going to be in and settle in. He's going to, you know, he's going to take on everybody at lightweight. What's he going to do? Um, I want to see maybe yeah Fury AJ, but I'm not. I'm bored of talking about that, so I'm, I'm not really asked really to be honest. About Terence Crawford, rumours that potentially, and I think we touched on it a few interviews back, but um, Canelo. Um, if he to do that, then he's just he's just like if, I think he's a legend anyway. But for him to do that, that I would I would like to see that. You've got, you've got Jerome Boots Ennis as well chucked into the mix now being elevated think, as a full champion I think 2024 has got to be the year that Boots Ennis gets his big fights because he's he's an unbelievable talent I think he's he's a scary talent but I just feel as though um, I don't know if it's promotional situation or whatever I don't know but he's not getting no fights that are meaningful no fights that are going to project him into superstardom that his talent deserves I think I think that needs to change in 2024 Looking at it, I think the PBC, the rumours, the rumour mill saying that after that, yes, after the showtime, I think it's a fantastic move in terms of the moving onto the streaming platform and Amazon Prime, let's be honest, um, they've got the football on, they've got everything happening. Um, but look, boxing's thriving at the minute and I just want to see all these big fights. Yeah, yeah definitely. I just, I would, I, that, the thing is, 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 rather than just specific fights, I just want to, I want to keep keep building on this year this year's been a great year I want it to, to build on, on, on this year but I, I, I feel as though I want people to give the sport the credit that it does deserve yes kick it when it's when it's a fuck up but build it more because otherwise you're driving people away from the sport if you're if you're panning something more than you're highlighting when it goes good all people are going to be hearing is the panning and they're going to like oh what's the point in watching that then TV companies are going to go, well, actually, what's the point in us covering it? Because people aren't happy about it. And they pull out. And then that's that's a long-term effect of constant criticism. Not criticism, 
but constant neglect of the good things and just focusing and building up the bad things. Agree. Look, Dave, um, it's been a pleasure talking. Wish you all the best for Saturday night with Ebony Bridges and be interested to see all that year she's had out, all that pent up frustration, and you trying to trying to channel that energy <laughs> on Saturday night. It's like- I think, I think she's ready to go in. Yeah, she's she's yeah, she's she is. She's yeah, she's like a little she's like a little female version of Derek, I think. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> oh she just God. wants to smash somebody up. Yeah. Well, look, I think um, she's shown such a lot of improvements since first fight to now and it's going to be interesting to see how she how she gets on, but look, we wish you all the best and we'll catch up after the fight. Cheers, Nata. Podcast Network.